is right. It is Monday, and that means only one thing. Brooklyn Paper Radio broadcasting live from the Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown. As always, Gersh Kunstman here, editor of the Daily at the Daily News, along with my cohort and colleague, Vince DiMaselli, the editor-in-chief of the Brooklyn Paper. We got a great show tonight. I know we say that all the week, but I gotta tell you, it is fantastic for two reasons. One, we're joined by our sponsors, of course, Atlas Steakhouse, Joseph Lecter, and of course, the Brooklyn Spine Center. Two, mm-hmm. we got unbelievable guests, Vince. We've got it's a, it's, it is a guest spectacular in studio live. Farrell Foster, say hi to Farrell. Hi, Farrell. Uh, hello, <laughs> Farrell. Give us a riff, just so they know you're in studio. That's right. Farrell Foster, who headlines every Wednesday at Jalopy and also will be headlining the Brooklyn Folk Festival next month. He's live in studio. Yep. And we'll hear from Farrell, but we'll also hear from a very special guest, another artist of great renown who will be going around the country. Ooh, who would that be? Gosh? I'll tell you later, Vince. You're on a need-to-know basis. You don't need to know yet. Okay. We have an artist of international renown who will be on the show later. And, of course, at the end of the show... We will check in with former Brooklyn Paper columnist Mike McLaughlin. Ah, McLaughlin. Remember Mike? Remember Mike? Yeah, The Search. Mike ran a column for two years called The Search, which he chronicled his uh, dating and his apartment searches, uh, one of which was successful. I won't tell you which, but we're going to talk to Mike at the end of the show. So wait, are you saying The Search is over? The Search is possibly over. The Search is over. Interesting. But let's start with the big news. I know Vince wants to get to the Iditarod. Got to talk about the Iditarod. We'll get There's to it, a lot of, of stuff going on there in Alaska, and we need to, people need to hear. We'll get to it, of course. But Vince, I always start every show, and Farrell, you need to know this. I start every show by saying, Vince, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, it was a great weekend. Really? Big, what'd you I do? I had a big birthday party for the nieces out in middle, what, Middletown, Middletown, New Jersey. I don't know. It's in Jersey. Yeah, they got to get out there. Everything's yeah. everything's legal in New Jersey. Oh, it's a lot of fun out there. Okay, well, I'm glad you had a great time. Yeah. I myself was mourning the loss of Sonny Balzano. I was. Oh, I did. We did. We did that story. Yeah, the Brooklyn paper had a great obit, but hat tip. I got to say, hat tip to N. R. Kleinfeld in the Times. His obit made me weep openly. Get out of town. It made me weep openly. I thought you didn't have a heart. The, I don't. But the last image of if you if you're out there, N. R. Kleinfeld. This is for you. The last image of the story was the, the, the image of Balzano's dead body in Methodist Hospital, covered in kisses of all the women of his life, putting lipstick, kissing him. It's just a great I image. Not, I did not see it. I like the images on brooklynpaper.com, though. He I was they were very nice. He was a beautiful man. And I got to say, if Sonny, if you're out there, I don't believe in the afterlife, but you're a great man, a great bar, Sonny's Bar, down yeah, there in Red Hook. I, w- I went there back in the late 90s. My good friend Emmanuel Brown, Matt Sweeney, former reporter, we used to hang out there. Like, after everything else was closed, we just show up, and I don't think we ever paid. And you're still, well, you never pay there. And you're still, and you're still here. And Manny Brown, S. Brown, where, who are those people are? Nobody's. Nobody's. Don't call him Manny. It was Emmanuel. Anyway, we got to bring in Farrell Foster. Farrell Foster has been playing folk music, and I don't mean boring ass folk. I'm talking about the real folk, the feral folk. Farrell Foster plays every Wednesday at Jalopy down there in Red Hook, actually quite close to Sonny Balzano's place. And he's going to be headlining the Brooklyn Folk Festival April 8th through 10th at St. Anne's Church. Farrell, come on in here. Tell us, first of all, how you doing? I, I'm doing great. How are you? Well, never, never mind. <laughs> Farrell, I'm in a pit of despair. You know that. Let's not worry about me. Let's talk about you and your folk festival. Now, how many acts are we going to have? Tell us a little bit about the Brooklyn Folk Festival. Well, this is the eighth installment. Eighth, eighth year. Oh. Of the Brooklyn Folk Festival. Uh, it's happening April 8th through 10th at St. Anne's Church, which is at 157 Montague Street in Brooklyn Heights. Oh. Um, it's a beautiful old building. Uh, we have 30-plus bands. We've wow. added a second stage, so now we'll have more music on simultaneous stages. Uh, we'll have a, a, 
our annual banjo toss, where somebody tosses a banjo into the Gowanus. Hmm. And uh, the what's the ra- what's the rationale for that? Well, I think somebody. <laughs> I think the idea is the person who tosses the banjo the furthest ah. uh, gets a free banjo. You know, just Farrell, just because we've been talking about hobos a lot, the word banjo in the hobo language actually means a small portable frying pan. But you mean a musical instrument, right? Yes. Okay, good. So you throw the banjo. Okay. But more importantly, the music, Farrell, the music. Uh, We're going to have a lot of exciting acts Um, coming in from out of town, especially uh, Michael Hurley, um, Duran Blindboy Paxton, who actually lives in town, but he'll be be coming back for this festival, Um, Frank Fairfield, who's coming out of uh, temporary retirement. Um, to do this festival, um, we have um, uh, Syrian music from uh, Gaida. Uh, we have Maddie Jones uh, doing the songs of the civil rights movement. She was a civil rights activist. That's nice and timely. And um, civil rights lives matter, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, lots of lots of different people. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of great music. There's going to be Colombian music. There's going to be uh, an Ethiopian krar player. It's an Ethiopian instrument. We're going to have. Uh, Wait, what's a krar? What's a krar? It's a very. I, I You're making this up. You're just no, making up instruments. No, it's it's a real it's a real thing. I I, I can't describe it too well, but um, it's, it's a, a limo. It's a limbo. <laughs> what it, what is it? It's a craw. It's a, it's like a. I'm not sure. It's not a dokendo berry, is it? No, it's not a dokendo berry. You know what a dokendo berry is? I no. know what a dokendo berry is. Well, a dokendo berry is anything that grows on the side of a river that's edible, according to a hobo. Yeah. Anyway, we, wow. we, we get into this because it's folk music and we think about you riding the rails. Now, Farrell, I've known you for a lot of years. If you're on the Brooklyn Paper website, you can Google Gersh Kunzman and Farrell Foster and you will find the article that we wrote about the first folk festival in Brooklyn. Oh, and yeah. Farrell was part of a group of uh, folk musicians who portrayed, we did kind of a great day in Harlem, but we did it as a great day in Brooklyn. Hmm. And it was a great picture and Farrell was in there. That picture is a classic. It really is. Yeah, There's so many, f- and everybody in that picture, I see that picture and I'm like, aw. We sold, we sold a lot of tickets. We did, and we're doing it again. Now, Farrell, you're going to play us a song, from what I understand. Yeah. Live in studio. This is a first, Jimmy. A first, a live studio guest. Farrell, what are you going to play for us? I'm going to play uh, one of my songs. Um, there is a theme of uh, social activism. Sure. Uh, in this in this uh, folk festival, I think uh, it was one of the things Eli Eli Smith, who organizes the festival and puts together. I'm going to sing a song from my last record, uh, kind of about that. Um, okay. You, called you, Blow the Horn. You let it rip. Follow me down to the firing mouth Still screaming and hollering out, time's running out When the gas is heavy and the blood runs free Underwater, let my soul be saved. 
all be told, let them all be warned. Well, come on, buddy, better blow your whistle for they blow the horn. I was about to He's got a bunch of people oh, there. Oh, man. That was fantastic. Now, so that's one of your originals? <laughs> yes. Wow. I, I, almost, I almost do just just almost all exclusive originals. How long, well, how, how long did you write that one? Uh, that one was two, two, two years ago, maybe? Yeah, two years old. How do you even write a song like that? Like, And I don't mean like, oh, my God, you're an incredible genius. Let me kiss you. But like, you sit there. <laughs> what do you think? It, like, you, it's, it's not just a pop song you just dashed out. That's a, that's a great song. Well, thank you. Um, I don't know. It's uh, you got a feeling, and um, that one I was just playing the thing, and then uh, I don't know, and then I just wanted to write something. You know, so you got the lyrics first, or or tune first? <laughs> that one, that one was the that one was the guitar thing first. I was writing the guitar piece, and then I, I put lyrics to it. The dumbest the dumbest question you could ever ask a musician is ex explain what you did. You're you're an artist. You're a freaking artist, and you're never gonna be able to put it in the words. You just do it. Am I right? Uh, I, I guess, I guess. So you can't even put into words how you can't put it into words. That's what an artist is. That's very good, yeah. Because I'm a word guy. It's good analysis. All I'm doing is talking, but, but Farrell, anyway, Farrell, great song. Thank you. Now, we're going to hear stuff like that from you at the Folk Festival. Oh, yeah, um, and so much, you know, uh, so much other stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a, uh, a, a swing dance, a nice. square dance, uh, hmm. a sing-along for kids. Oh, kids? Um, would that be in a day, or would that be like after yes, hours? Yes, uh, the, the the stuff for the kids. What day? What day are you gonna play? Yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing on Friday. I'm playing at Friday at eight. Friday, oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Saturday, April 9th at eight. He gave himself the, the prime spot. I mean, that um, is the prime spot. It wasn't me. It was uh, it's Eli. Eli Smith books Eli's this festival. Man. Eli yes. is a good and man. he is a great man who works very hard. And the Jalopy and him have been working on this festival. Uh, this is our eighth year doing it together, and it's grown and grown. And uh, he's a very, uh, you know, his group, the Downhill Strugglers, are playing as yes, well. Yes. And um, he is a great person to um, to work with. Um, if I if I had a Brooklyn Hall of Fame, Eli and you would be in it because like you're great Brooklynites. You live in Brooklyn, why right? Why don't we have a Brooklyn Hall? I, I live in Queens. Well, because you used to live in Brooklyn. Yes, I went to high school here. I went to Brooklyn Tech. We did. You know, it's funny that Vince mentions the Brooklyn Hall of Fame. We had a meeting once with a guy who was thinking of buying the newspaper, and I, he said, "Why should I buy your newspaper?" And I said, "Look." We got great ideas. Like Vinny and I, let's start a Brooklyn Hall of Fame. Let's That's do a great it. idea. And he was like, "That's the dumbest idea I ever heard." Well, it turns out he was right. It was a dumb idea. We couldn't, <laughs> have, couldn't have made a dime off it. Anyway, speaking about making some money, Farrell, you got to stick around. We got to pay some bills here. All right. I'm gonna let Vinny start because he is hungry. Yeah, I am. I am starving, and I'd like, but I like. I always like a little background music when I when I talk about how uh, Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak, and every cut aged. Can we start over and do it again? I'd actually like it. Can we start, Jimmy, can we start it over with a little blues riff from, from Farrell? Farrell, can you just give us a yeah, standard Yeah, kill that blues? music. Because we're live. We've got live musician here. Yeah, Farrell, just a standard blues riff. There it is. At Atlas Steakhouse, they offer you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak. And every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then, you pair it with a vintage from our extensive wine. Yeah, the blues! <laughs> wine selection. Or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. My cow goes moo! Enjoy a succulent appetizer, and their master chef will craft your choice cut as you desire. Give me that booze! Atlas Steakhouse. 
<laughs> and when your main course arrives, you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can visit them on the web at atlassteak.com. All right, I got to pay a bill. So, Farrell, give me a different, a different riff as if, you're, as if you have back pain. A oh, back pain riff. Back pain. We, didn't tell, we didn't prepare him for this. No, this, is, a, this is... Yeah, that was good. Something that hurts. Bluesy. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Well, Farrell, has back pain kept you on the sidelines of life and unable to do the things that make you active and happy? Oh, my back is killing me. Non-surgical spinal decompression at Brooklyn Spine Center can get you back in the blues game. Gotta get back in that game. That's what spinal decompression is. It's a machine called a DRX 9000. And here's what it does. It puts a pump in action right into the affected joint. The body's own nutrients flow right back into the affected area. It relieves pain. It relieves the stress. It makes you feel so good you want to go to Dr. Melinda Keller right now. Melinda Keller. That's right, at the Brooklyn Spine Center, 718-234-6207. Whoaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaa
Is he here in studio? It no, sounds like he's right here. He's not in studio. Jimmy had that queued up. I'm just listening to a little Carlos Santana, Black Magic Woman from Abraxas in the early 70s. Is that how you pronounce that? I pronounce it Abraxas. And if you know anything about that album, Johnny, and mm-hmm. I wish we could show it on radio. Johnny or Jimmy? Beautiful cover model on that album. We're going to talk to Carlos Santana about it. He's going to be calling us, Vince. Why is he calling us? Why is he calling Brooklyn Paper Radio? Well, because he's kicking off a world tour starting in Las, uh, Las Vegas next week. Mm-hmm. It's going to come to the Garden. That's in Gap Hatton. I've heard of it. I've heard of that. going to come to the world's most famous, second most famous arena after the Barclays Center mm-hmm. in April. Yeah. And I know, I know Carlos. He knows I'm a fan. We talked years ago. Santana 1, Santana 2, Santana 3, and now, 40 years later, 40 years down the road, he's got Santana 4 coming out with the original band together. Everybody's back. That guy from Journey? The guy from Journey is back? All right, everybody. Everybody's back, and that's why Carlos, he says, I got to talk to just two or three media outlets. Can one of them be Brooklyn Paper Radio? Mm-hmm. So they called you. They, they reached out to me. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's that's the power of Brooklyn Paper Radio, girl. Johnny, right can here. we just can we just hear a little of this? Can we just hear a little of this uh, Black Magic Woman there? Make it a little louder there, Johnny. Yeah, I'm just. Now the funny thing about Santana, uh, though, though the band was named after him, that's not him singing. No, he's not singing. Much like uh, Eddie Van Halen in the the Van Heflin. Well done. Thank you. Santana has played with everybody. Remember a couple of years ago, he had a hit with that oh, guy right there. He is Rob Thomas. Turn the music down. Turn the sound down. Is that Carlos Santana? No, can you please hold for him? Please? Well, we can certainly hold. We're just rocking out to the Santana songs. Okay, we're not live or anything here, right? Oh, we're live. Please hold on. Thank you. You, got it. you know, on Brooklyn Paper Radio, anything can happen. You get a, you think you're getting a call from Carlos Santana. Turns out you're getting a call from some uninformed flack. <laughs> now, that guy was good. Turn your back on me, baby. <laughs> anyway, we'll just uh, cool our heels here, but I just can't get that riff out of my head. It's kind of jazzy. I almost can't even play it with my mouth. That's how complicated it's very, that riff it's is. It's a tough riff. He's a good man, that Carlos Santana. It's mm-hmm. going to be great to have him on the show. It'd be great if Johnny would stop walking in and out of the room when no, we're that's a, that's recording. That's executive producer, Eric Hercules. Oh. He just wants to be in the room where it happens. And that's a little line from Hamilton, by the way. Hey, is that Carlos Santana? Here's Mr. Santana. Thank you for waiting. Oh, thank thank you. you. Is that Carlos Santana? Hi, how are you? Carlos, forget about how I am. You're on the Brooklyn Paper Radio with Gersh Kussman and Vince DiMaselli, and we have to question you. How are you doing? I feel really grateful and happy. (laughs) You always did. You always were. Carlos, we only have you for a couple of minutes, and we're big fans. We've got to get to the toughest question right off the bat. It's been like, you've been in the business for like 40 years. Yet your new album is called Santana IV. Now, is that Santana 4 or Santana IV, as in, what do you got pumping in your veins right now, old man? I think it's both of them. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the album, though, because we're very excited about it. Uh, this album has a lot, of, a lot of power, a lot of grace. Uh, that energy that people still uh, adore uh, from Woodstock, you know, every time people see the original Woodstock, mm-hmm. And they see Santana, and they hear Santana, they go, "Oh, dang!" You know, because it's a, it's a rough energy. Uh, I think that out of all the bands, for me, is of course Sly Stone, Jimi Hendrix, and then Santana would fight for number three with anybody. You know, uh, even though there was great musicians in there, the Who and everybody. But for me, it was Sly Stone because I was there, mm-hmm. and Jimi Hendrix, and then. Santana would fight for three with anybody. You know? I, don't, I don't know about three. I think one. I mean, why, why are we going for three? 
well, you know, I, because I was there, and I and I and I'm very very honest and sincere about what I heard and saw. And uh, the, the I, I have never heard Sly, I, and I heard I heard it many 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 times, but never like Woodstock. I mean, there was something about Woodstock that uh, it was like that for Jimi Hendrix later on, and Santa Clara Fairgrounds. You know, sometimes. Everything just aligns for for a band, you know, where uh, they become like what the Warriors are right now, you know, uh, from San Francisco, from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basketball so, playing Warriors, that is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you say Warriors in Coney Island, it means a whole different thing in New York. Well, you know, if they if they have the same kind of like intentionality, that's what happens. You know, a team will always beat a, a superstar. There you go. That's it. That's what happened last year with the Warriors and. Our, our King LeBron James, mm. um, but anyway, to go back to the, the Santana sound, you know, uh, it was extremely and supremely inspiring to go back into the studio uh, and feel that uh, essence, that sound, that chemistry, you know, uh, of Greg Raleigh and Neil Sean and Michael Shreve, Michael Carabello and myself. There it is. As soon as, as soon as we start playing, you know, there, there's that sound. So it just happened again. You guys get back in the studio. It just happened again. Exactly. All right. So you try to get back to that that old sound. I was listening to some of the tracks on iTunes today, and I did notice that because before that I was listening to uh, how did we pronounce it? We pronounce it Abraxas. Is that how you pronounce it, Carlos? Yes. Exactly. Right, there you go. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. And you know, listening to that for me, I'm a, you know I like I like a lot of jazz stuff. And believe it or not, like the first thing that came to my mind was a little West Montgomery. If if like that that's what. That's what wow! Came, that's what Vince DiMasselli. For some reason, back in the '80s, I picked up a West Montgomery album, and and that's what I that's what I was hearing when I was listening to Santana over again for the first time in a long time. What so, do you think, Carlos? Your, your wisdom takes you to the right place. You know, I, I was. Uh, Whoa! I was, He's uh, never gonna live that down, Carlos. <laughs> well, you know, basically, it, it's uh, Santana's always been like a sponge. That like, uh, I think it was Tony Tony Bennett that said. If you take from one person, it's called stealing. If you take from any, it's called research. <laughs> so I was nice. listening to Wes Montgomery and a whole lot of B.B. Uh, King and Otis Rush, uh, Manita Zapata and, and, and all that, you know. So what Santana is, it's like a street mutt that would listen to B.B. King and Tito Puente and all the Tunji and Miles Davis. And you put it all together, and it sounded like the Doors listening to John Coltrane and John Lee Hooker, you know. Because we, we, that's that's what the Beatles in Santana is. We we listen to other people and we try to make it our own. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the Beatles were listening to Chuck Berry sure. and the Shirelles, you know, and then and then Rolling Stones were listening to all the blues guys from Chicago. Because we got to listen to the original root so we can give a new fruit, you know, <laughs> with our sound. Yeah. Whether it's Led Zeppelin, Cream, or Jimi Hendrix, they all listen to the same thing that I was listening to. B.B. King, Freddie King, Albert King, Albert Collins, Albert King, uh, 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 Buddy Guy, all of that, you know, for blues, so you can get that sound, you know, and and, uh, I feel really grateful that we were able to uh, create this alchemy between B.B. King and Tito Puente. You know, Carlos, you're talking a lot about the music, and I, there's no question about Santana's place in, in the rock and jazz pantheon. But let's talk for a second about the lyrics. And like I said, you're on Brooklyn Paper Radio where we ask the tough questions. Back in the day, you had a song that had a line about coming home to find your house dirty and your pots cold. Could you even write a line like that today? I mean, I go home, my girlfriend complains about me hanging around with Tina Joan and who knows who instead of cooking her dinner. Could you get away with that today? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you, know, you could. <laughs> 
Yeah, because, you know, I, I, I don't go by politically correct anything. You know, I follow my heart, and and to me, uh, 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 clarity, certainty, courage, they're one to me. You know, I, I don't wake up to um, appease or offend anybody. Mm-hmm. This is my light. This is my truth. Either it it, it it chimes with you or go around it, you know? There you go. Well, we were, now we're talking about politics, and we're in a political season now. Who are you backing for president? Are you thinking about Donald Trump? Are you thinking about Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton? Are you feeling the burn for Bernie Sanders? What's going on there? Um, you know, I, I think that this is, this is a, a, a good opportunity for America to um, crystallize. Uh, Around who, America, <laughs> There's something about America that is very, very consistent with selling fear. Now, let me, let me give you an overview really, really quick. Sure. All the shows, the TV shows that I watch, like Legend and Quantico, and, uh, you know, all those TV shows, they always make the CIA and the FBI look like bad people. Maybe they're onto something, you know? Hmm. And the Pentagon, you, know, you can't trust the CIA, the, the Pentagon, or, you know. And, and, and then with the politicians, it's like the, the frequency of compassion. Who, who brings that more you know, in their words, opposed to, you know, uh, a Kuka Klan rally, you know? Mm-hmm. Who brings compassion opposed to, like, uh, overt uh, patriotism that excludes anybody else other than you So you like your it, land? You like you know? an inclusive America. I, you know, I, I come from the, the generation of Woodstock, where we really are one family, whether we like it or not, and Bob Marley, One Love, and I come from the same generation as Imagine, John Lennon. So I can't change my stripes, and I can't change my spots. I am the one who represents them now. John Lennon, Bob Marley, you know, Sam Cooke, Jimi Hendrix, Marvin Gaye. You know, they're on the other side, but I'm still here. What I like to see is uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie. Vice President and President. Whoa, 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 which one? Who's who? I like to see her as, as the president, and he is the vice president, and both of them can uh, really, really look at each other and say, let's try this with grace and integrity. See, I like the, I like the way you're talking. I like you in, the, in a political realm, but when you talk about an inclusive America, you know, I think about, well, your album covers, I think about your music. Uh, it's always been about beauty. It's always been about you know, white people, black people, Native Americans, everybody together. I got to ask, though, whatever happened to that woman from the cover of Abraxas? You know who I'm talking about. Do you, do you ever keep in touch with her? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm married to her right now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> But, Jimmy, can we you, show you the album cover? play drums. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I, uh, you're a very happy man, I gotta got to say. Got it all. Got it all. He's got it all. Like, yes. Listen, you talked about being inclusive. There's no more inclusive place than, than Brooklyn. Are you aware of that? Brooklyn, New York. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we're wondering. We know you're playing the Garden. We're really excited about that show. Any chance you'll, you'll show up in Brooklyn here and do a show over here? In Williamsburg, there's a big music scene right now. I'm not sure you're aware of it. My wife still has a home in there, so I, I guess we'll go visit and, and, uh, uh, and hang out in there. Wait, well, we're talking about an in-studio visit, Carlos. We're just a couple of blocks from there. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to be there for a while. Uh, let me let me talk to somebody here and see if we can go over there. And you know what? 
if, if, if you can just indulge me for a second, Please. and I mean that in a good way. Uh-huh. I, I have this concept of so like 27 songs that is what I call frequency of music that is suicide prevention music. Really? Wow. Yeah. I think every one of your songs is suicide prevention music. Oh, but wait till you hear this. this I'll make you a playlist and I'll bring it to you. There you go. Because when you play this music in shopping malls, elevators, or whatever, there's, there's, there's something that people feel that they're connected mm-hmm. again to their core and they can see clearly, you know, what their purpose is with graciousness, elegance, you know, integrity, divinity, you know, excellence, wisdom, instead of being guilt, shame, judgment, condemnment, fear. You mm-hmm. know? So it's it kind of connects you, it connects you to the greater humanity rather than kind of pushes you away. There are certain songs that will make you do that. It will make you feel your core, and that everyone is incredibly beautiful in their core. Well, can, give me one example of one of the songs on this, just so our readers can, our listeners can understand. Okay, there's a song called Anoros Causa by Joe Sawano in an silent way. Imagine John Lennon, uh, One Love, sure. uh, What's Going On, Marvin Gaye, Blowing in the Wind, uh, uh, let's see, uh, What a Wonderful World, uh, 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 I'll give you a list yeah, of songs. So when, when, as soon as you play them side by side, you go, "Damn!" Yeah, I, I, it's like all of a sudden, I feel like I'm I'm a I'm a bird instead of a turtle. You yeah, know? it's great to be alive. I, exactly. I, I, I sometimes feel like a turtle, but that doesn't mean I want to kill myself. I mean, I just That's feel okay. you know, at one with the turtle. Turtles fly in the ocean, so it's cool. They I mean, do. the thing you're talking about. Music and, 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 and empowering and just feeling great. I mean, that's what your music always did. That's why we wanted you on the show so badly, because you're not oh, just some hack who comes to the Barclays Center or the garden or somewhere. You're like a legend. Oh, thank you so, so much. But now you've got to solve... You, well, don't worry about that. Look, <laughs> that, uh, right back at you. But here's the thing. You've got to answer the toughest question of all, which is, you've had a black magic woman. I never did. What am I missing out on? Uh, what knowing that you are the magnet that attracts your chocolate lady. I see. Well, I, you mean me personally? I'm the magnet? Why? You are the magnet. Wow. Hmm, so you, you haven't met me, Carlos. <laughs> I don't, you know, but I, but I know your core. <laughs> it's a spiritual core. It's really more of a chocolate core with a, with a spiritual outer crust. It could be caramel, butterscotch, or white chocolate. As long as it's, ch- as long as it's sweet, that's cool. That's right. There Fair enough. Go. Vinny, I think we got one more question for Carlos, and we got to let you go. I know you're a busy okay. man. Okay. I guess i got one more yeah. question. Vinny's like, look, I've asked him everything I can I'm ask. I'm just sitting here starstruck. Last question i got to ask you. you. You put out a line of shoes at one point. You've got to explain yeah. that to me. How does a musician legend design shoes? Because people trust me. <laughs> and we're able to uh, make women happy. Uh, women are really happy when they got new shoes. Uh, women make supernatural what supernatural is. Uh, and women make Oprah what Oprah is, you know. Mm-hmm. The world, um, it's a different place when women are happy. When women collectively are not happy, hmm. oh. I know what that, no, no, you, uh, you're talking about divorce, man. You, uh, you don't even have to preach <laughs> that one. I mean, I'm going to say, if I had one hundredth, of the charisma and charm and, frankly, style and sexiness, I'm saying it, as I've always said to Vinny, I'm, I can recognize male uh, attractiveness, I would be doing great with the ladies. Yeah, probably. You, you have it. it just, you just have to change. See, it's all about a mindset. He's right. Change your mindset and know that you have it already and walk like you already own 
Yeah. Supreme charisma. Just like walk or swing it around. It's about confidence. You know what it means? Swing it, I'm swinging it around. It's about confidence. It's not arrogance, it's confidence. Oh, it's yeah. not odd. See, that's the thing I've had trouble with. It's the confidence. Oh, you're seeing right into my soul, Carlos. You know, there's a Paul Reed Smith guitar that Carl Santana, I think he designed, or it's named for him. It's fantastic. Have, uh, my brother would said, if I don't mention this to you, he needs a, he needs a signed one of those. You got any Yeah, you got one of those lying around there, Carlos? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> The answer is always yes. Bottom line is, Carlos, we're gonna let you go. But the difference is, but the difference between arrogance and confidence. I gotta, I gotta like get that tattooed on my butt or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, here's a, a crazy one. You know, you look at fear in the eye and you say, "It gives me joy to transmogrify your ass." How about that? Wow. Nice. Well, I've never had another man say he wanted to transmogrify <laughs> my ass. But coming from you, it sounds like something I want to do. Am I right? It's, it's about illumination. You know, uh, America sells way too much fear. Halloween every day, but no candy. You know, so let's do the opposite of fear. You know? Wow. This is fantastic. Carlos Santana leading America to, uh, to righteousness in an election season. We can do it. You know, I, I, I think that this is the time and the place where, where we can shake the world foundation and, and, and accentuate more uh, the beauty and grace that we are and, and we have. That we are and have instead instead of like the, the Kukas clan rally. You mm-hmm. know? So music can still save the world, Carlos, is that correct? Absolutely. It's the only thing that would change the world. There you go. He's still he's still a man of Woodstock, but he's bringing it together today. I gotta say, Carlos Santana, it has been such a privilege and a righteous honor to have you on the show. Uh, any last thoughts be, be, before you uh, show up in New York in April? Any last thoughts you want to share with us? Uh I, I feel really, really grateful to be part of this uh, incredible work in progress uh, world. And uh, with your help, uh, manifesting music in the radio that would uh, change the mindset of suicide prevention music. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna. And just so you know, our, our producer Johnny is gonna put up that um, playlist when you get it to us. We'll run the full 27-song playlist on a Spotify thing. We'll embed it. It'll be fantastic. Carlos Santana, we got to let you go. The new album is Santana 4, not Santana IV, although I appreciated Carlos taking that one in stride. <laughs> and he'll be at the Garden in April, starts the world tour in Las Vegas later on this month. Carlos Santana, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Come on down and bring a cowbell or a tambourine. There you go. <laughs> we'll I like that. Down. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. So did you hear that? Car- there you go. Thank you, Johnny. He's done it. He's fantastic. So there you go, Vinny. That's the kind of interview... <clears throat> the Brooklyn Paper Radio can pull in. Carlos Santana starting his world tour later on in the month in Las Vegas on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Yeah. Was and what did I learn from that? What did I learn? What was the most important message? You learned you have to get a new therapist, I believe. <laughs> Basically, no, I don't. It's Carlos Santana. That's right. Feral Foster Live. We should have paid. We should have certainly. We you should have like paid him for that interview because yeah, we, that, we, 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 how much was that worth an hour to you? That was worth one hundred and fifty dollars, but I get fifty dollars back on my copay. Anyway, all right. We got Feral Foster in the studio. Feral Foster is going to be headlining the Brooklyn Folk Festival next month at St. Anne's Church. Feral, you heard Carlos Santana talking a little bit about music that makes you n- want to not commit suicide. Uh huh. Do you have any songs like that? Ooh. Songs that I would <laughs> you, you I know you play the blues, but you play a blues that makes me want to rock, if you know what I mean. Um, what, what's your What's your happiest song? What's your most life affirming song? Uh, of mine or, or in general? The, what, that you play in your routine. Ooh, none of them. Wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, no, there's got to be I something. Think, I think I th- I mean, the message of a song isn't necessarily. 
you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be outwardly positive sure. to make it not, you know, sometimes just, you know, being moved by a piece of music. A very sad piece of music can make you happier yeah. to be alive. Sad songs say so much. Well yeah. said, Vince. Well said. I mean, Vince and I, just so you know, Farrell, and this is going to sound extremely homoerotic, but I find it homoerotic. Vince and I would, would lay out the Brooklyn paper late at night on Wednesday. We'd put on Connor Oberst, and we'd be singing together, and some of that stuff is sad. You know, Bright Eyes, you're a, you're a fan. Maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe not. Maybe not. But to, hey, to each his own. Yeah. But you're obviously a fan of Vince. Anyway, yes. so <laughs> Farrell's going to play us another song, but we got to pay a couple of bills if that's all right. And this time, Farrell, yeah, we just just lay down just a basic little strum. That's all we're going to do is just strum a little bit, okay? Okay. And I'm going to start in. You're going to go? Yeah, Vince. Has low back pain ever kept you on the sidelines of life, unable to do the things that make you active and happy? Oh, man, has it ever. Well, that's why you got to head to Brooklyn Spine Center for non-surgical spinal decompression in a machine called the DRX-9000. It's a spinal decompression device that uses a distraction force to allow the, the, the affected disc to heal itself by allowing uh, the body's own nutrients to flow back into the affected area. Anyway, you want to find out more, all you got to do is call the Brooklyn Spine Center at 718 718- 234-6207 to schedule an initial consultation with Dr. Melinda Keller of the Brooklyn Spine Center. Look at look for that online at brooklynspinecenter.com. They're located at 5911 16th Avenue in Brooklyn. Vince, up to you. Hell, <laughs> Gersh, when was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? Yeah, that feral hit the right chord yeah, there. Right there. Never, never, never. Exactly. If your answer's been... It has been too long to remember that it's time to see Dr. Joseph Lichter. Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art dentistry is offered at extremely reasonable prices so that almost anyone can afford to get to the, to get the smile they deserve. And right now, his prices are even more affordable because listeners of Brooklyn Paper Radio can get special low prices for some of Dr. Lichter's most popular procedures. For example, Invisalign. The virtually invisible alternative to metal braces, which usually cost five thousand or more, right now, Dr. Joseph Lichter, you'll save over a thousand dollars. Wow! Ports and veneers, which can go for a thousand or more, Dr. Lichter, you'll pay only six seventy-five. And get the bright smile you've always dreamed of. For a limited time, Dr. Lichter is offering the Zoom Teeth Whitening Procedure for only $395. Call Dr. Lichter's office today at 718-339-7878 to set up an appointment that will make you smile. That's 718-339-7878. Dr. Lichter, as you know, is located at 1420 Avenue P. That's P for periodontal. Between East 14th and East 15th Streets in Midwood. You can visit them online at josephlichterdds.com. Farrell, last ad we got to read. Give me something really toothy. Give me something meaty. Meaty. Meaty, yeah. Meaty. Toothy. Toothy and meaty. Toothy or meaty. There you go. Perfect. Nice. Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First to choose your steak, every cut aged to tender perfection on site. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The it with a vintage from our extensive wine selection. Or if you prefer an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail, mm. oh, yeah. you can get in a succulent appetizer because these guys are master chefs and they craft the choice you desire. That's what I hear. Last thing coming around on the guitar. When your main course arrives, you'll understand why Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above above the the rest. rest. 
I'm giving you the address now, it's Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue, or visit them, we're coming to the end, Feral, at atlassteak.com. Very nice, alright, Feral Foster in studio, helping us pay some bills. Now, Feral, we're going to let you play another song, okay. something that doesn't make me want to commit suicide. Yeah. Doesn't have to be upbeat, make Preferably. me cry, make me get in touch with my spiritual core. But play it. This song's about alcohol. Alcohol, there you go. Bones to thresh, 
say, Farrell, I did not want to commit suicide listening to that song. And that is high praise. That's fantastic. Because it was a depressing song, you know what I mean, Vince? It's time for church, Gersh. It's time for church. But <laughs> but it may, it affirmed the life spirit, and I think that's what Carlos Santana was talking about. What do you think, Farrell? Am I on to something there? I'm glad, I'm glad it said, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know. I, I, wrote, I wrote that song to make, uh, to I vanquish bad, bad vibes. Exactly, and you did it. Now, speaking of bad vibes. Uh-oh. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna change the mood. What are we doing second. now? We're gonna reach out to a legendary Brooklyn paper columnist named Mike McLaughlin. Stick around, Farrell, because your insight into the, the the human soul and the core of spirituality is gonna be important here. Oh, no. We're gonna reach out to Mike McLaughlin. Jimmy, do you want me to call him? Okay, I'm gonna call him. Don't get, don't try to steal the number, guys. Yeah, don't. You know, we're dialing, but I'm gonna try to talk over it. Oh, there, there it is. is. Well, now you just made oh, it louder, yeah, no, so we won't get it. Anyway, the thing about Mike is. He's a former Brooklyn paper. It's like it's like I talked to the wall. There you go. You're gonna have to hang it up. You're gonna have to hang it up. And now you disconnected him. Did I? Hello. No, there no, you Mike. didn't. Mike McLaughlin, Gersh Kersman here of the Brooklyn Paper Radio, along with Vince DiMasselli, hey. editor in chief of the Brooklyn Paper. I'm still waiting for that uh, thing in the mail. Hold on. And we're also we're also joined by Farrell Foster, who will be headlining the Brooklyn Folk Festival April eighth to tenth to talk about the human condition. Mike, welcome aboard. It's a pleasure to be here. Mike, we only got a couple of minutes, but we want to go over some of the big stories. Obviously, you left the Brooklyn paper a few years ago. We lost track. Where are you now? What are you doing? Okay, these days you find me working for the Huffington Post, um, Hmm. reporter for them, and I have moved out to Oakland, California. Oh, you're doing great stuff out there. Oakland. Now, he, the reason we're even calling him Feral is because Mike used to write a column for the Brooklyn Paper called... A very, very popular column, I might It think. was popular in its day. It was called The Search. And what... Just explain to us, Mike, what that search was. It seemed like it had two prongs. It was the quintessential Brooklyn search. Um, at the time, I, it came about when I had been living with a girlfriend. That relationship met its untimely demise... And I needed to suddenly find both housing and uh, some more loving. Uh, some yeah. more loving. You can say it. More, more loving. Yeah. Can I say that on the radio? Sure, you can say more loving. You were looking for some, some you know, hot sex. You can even say that on the radio. Possibly. Just don't name any body parts. No. But keep going, please. Okay. Yeah, please. Okay. So 
the search took us on that quest to both find housing and, and love in the big city. Um, That's not easy. How did you do? Well, clearly he moved to it's Oakland. Yeah. Well, he's cutting out. Farrell, did you ever have to look for love and an apartment at the same time? Or, or mean um, always? No, I think uh, uh, apartment hunts are always a nightmare. Yeah. And, uh, They're the saddest songs of all. Yeah. Nice, nicely done. There Mike. he is, he's back. But Mike, you don't know Farrell. I'm looking at him. I mean, he's a hunk of a man. Regardless of your sexuality, he's going to be able to find love. Am I right, Farrell? It's uh, never been a problem for you. Uh, things come, everything goes around. Well, what, goes a, around. what about you, Mike? You don't sing the blues, you don't play guitar. How do you land the ladies? Uh, it, it all comes down to the, to the charm factor. You know, the, you could be a little. I, I play off the, the nerdy side, and it's worked well over the years and extremely well recently. What was the longest amount of time during the search that you were alone, and I mean alone, without female companionship overnight? The longest amount of time alone during the search? Oh my God, it was, we're gonna go probably a couple months or so. Yeah, it was epic. When I, I remember editing the search and I was like, there's no way you could be this much of a loser. I don't think those were the words that ever came out of your mouth. Maybe you're right, maybe you're right. But the good news is, now the reason you're on the show, Vince, I don't even know if you know this. What's that? Mike is getting married this weekend in Los Angeles. Get the hell out of here. Wait, he lives in Oakland, he's getting married in Los Angeles? Better yet, Gersh Kurtzman's going to be at the wedding. You're the best man? I'm not the best man. Oh. But anyway, tell us a little about the lady, the lucky lady. Well, this is the truly amazing part of this story, is that the lady who I'm marrying, wonderful woman uh, named Emily, from Los Angeles is, in fact, the, the same woman who I had been living with and broke up with all those years ago that started the search. So Wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> she dumped you, sent you packing on the street, and now you're marrying her. We know who's the boss, obviously. <laughs> all right, so Farrell, i got to bring in Farrell. Yeah. Farrell Foster, you ever break up with someone, go a couple of years, and then get back together with that person? No. No, Farrell never did it. No, you ever, you have a song about it? No. <laughs> okay. Fair, if you want to write a song about it, Farrell, you can. I would encourage. <laughs> maybe you to Mike. Maybe you could top. send the lyrics or something. That yeah, is just territory that Farrell Foster does not want to plumb. Yeah. All right. So but the good news is you're getting married, and I gotta believe I've met Emily. She's a wonderful lady. What does she True. see in you? <laughs> what does she see in me? No, in a good way. You know, that's that's kind of the epic question, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. She sees a lot of great things. Obviously, tremendously uh, handsome. Uh, has no problem not earning a lot of money in journalism that does not offend her in any way. Mm. Um, you know, she she thinks uh, thinks I'm tremendously hilarious. Uh, good cook. Wow. A lot of yeah. cooking yeah. and comedy. Listen, cooking. if you got to make some more money at Huffington Post, I got two words for you: conflict and context. That's all you got to do. That got to get you clicks. Yeah, I don't know if it gets some clicks, but it's not going to get him a raise. Oh. Look, we taught. Let's go back to the most important thing, which is. You worked here at the Brooklyn Paper. You learned a lot. Did you learn the lessons that have helped you throughout your entire life? Uh, the lesson that has helped me throughout my entire life? Well, the, the conflict in context lesson was very good, but I gotta say, I feel like I'm still learning all the time. There's still so much I don't know. You know what? I could, yeah, I could maybe check in with you guys a little more frequently for the, some, hmm. some... Well, the correct answer was, oh my God, Gersh and Vince, I learned everything from you. Yeah, that's really the way That's always just the correct so answer. It's very simple. Now, we got a caller on the line. We don't get a lot of calls, but my girlfriend, who I, whose name, I can't name her name because she's a very private person, but she said and pointed out wisely 
that I once broke up with her and got back together with her. So I know the sweet richness of that kind of relationship. Does it make it sweeter for you, Mike, that to know that you were dumped, or in this case, I dumped her, which was the mistake of my life, mm -hmm. and then begged her, got her back? In this case, obviously, Emily begged you back. Am I right? Uh, begging. Yeah, there, were, there wasn't so much of begging. It, w it was, you know, just the obvious right thing to do. It just clicked. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that feeling 100%. But, so is it sweeter? Is it richer? Is it more joyous? Is it more bountiful? Absolutely. Yeah, it's Way more joyous. Yeah, I would re recommend everyone who thinks about getting married break up for a couple of years and get back together again later and then do it. All right. So, Farrell, what, what do you think about that advice? Because you're a man of the heart and soul. Um, uh, yeah, he's very suspicious, man. Mike. Very a suspicious. Sorry, it sounds a little concerned. Did, did, you, did you ever break up with your wife before you got married? No. No. But, and look at that. It's a rock-solid yeah, marriage. Rock-solid. Listen, um, the greatest news about this is I think we're going to have the last search column, correct? I think Mike's been working on that, and now the search is over, and you're going to be able to read about that in the Brooklyn paper this week. Isn't that correct? That is very correct. Okay, yeah. Well, so Mike, I'll talk to you about that after the show. we got, we we got to go offline excited. for that. The point is, Mike, I'm coming out to the wedding. I'm bringing my girlfriend. She loves you. What do we? What kind of? Just promise me a great time. What are we going to do? The wedding is on Friday night. The after party goes way into the early morning hours. Then we hit LA. We hit all the taco trucks or the what? Do they, what do they do out in LA? What am I going to do after the wedding? What's the What's the after party? Um, we'll find you some taco trucks. That's for sure. You You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a couple of taco trucks. It might end up in the taco if you swing the dead cat well mm -hmm. enough. Oh, hey, that's just an anti-Los Angeles. I love Los Angeles. I'm not like Woody Allen and Annie Hall. I love L.A. I mean, I'm rolling down Imperial <laughs> Highway. All right, anyway, we got to get out. Farrell, any last questions for Mike? Because I think you're very suspicious of this relationship. Oh, no. Um, oh, you love love. I was just, I was just more, uh, I was interested in the, in the whole uh, tying the apartment hunt into it. I thought that that was a very interesting sounding. Uh, that was how well, we did that it was, back in the day. That was the whole thing. I want to know if, if the housing, if the housing prices in Oakland compared to Brooklyn have made it have made it easier. Have made have made hmm. the have made the. It's even worse in Oakland. Let me let me tell you. I I, I was just there on tour not that long ago and I noticed it was uh, unbelievable too, but I uh, figured yeah, maybe no, it was you, a little you bit. You put your runaway train. You put your finger on it. I'd love to let Vince uh, say a couple things, but he's like he's looking at me like, like I don't even remember Mike, frankly. I don't no, remember. McLaughlin was he was he was a good reporter. I remember that, but uh, no, he was a great reporter. Mike, would you go back to like what was your favorite? Forget about the search column. Yeah. What was your favorite story you did for the Brooklyn paper? Okay, uh, let me let me take you back to Brooklyn, circa 2008. There was a real estate company in Montclair, New Jersey, that was dude. People from Slope were coming over there trying to scoop up houses all the time. It promised to give people a uh, a limo limo tour out to yeah. 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 on a site of the real estate, the restaurants, and all the attractions that would it even more of an appealing place. Uh, and I, I joined them on that on that tour. Um, now things immediately didn't go as well as when their their limo broke down. So if I remember correctly they took us in a, a minivan or something like that. Oh, minivan. You got screwed there. Well, that was a great story. That <laughs> he keeps cutting out. I can't tell if, uh, if I remember reading that story in the Brooklyn paper, thinking, "Why would anybody want to leave Brooklyn to live in Montclair?" Now, Montclair's actually pretty nice. Montclair's fine, but the taxes, right, Mike? The taxes. Everybody complains about the taxes. It all evens out. It all I evens out in Washington. It evens out. You know, good schools, they say. Yeah, I got, listen, PS 107 educated my lovely daughter Jane, my lovely ben, son Ben. If you're out there, darlings, listening, I love you. You're great. Farrell, do you have any kids that we know of? 
Ah, uh, no. No kids. All right. Good if, if you had kids, would, the, would you educate them in the public school system? I was educated in the New York City public school system my entire life. I, uh, so that's a ringing endorsement. There you so, go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike, any last words? You're getting married. Do you want... I mean, I'm, I was married. Didn't work out. Who cares, right? Vince is married, and it's working out. Yep. Farrell's never been married. you got three of the greatest male minds slash libidos slash hunkiness at your disposal. Ask us anything. Um, what do you... What do you recommend doing on the the wedding day itself? Obviously, everything we can talk about. Yeah, you go, Vince. You go first. Oh, I'm gonna go first with the wedding day. Yeah, I don't think you have to ask that question. Yeah, you gotta I consummate. Like <laughs> you got. Thank you, Jimmy. You gotta. You gotta consummate. You gotta consummate, and then you'll meet us at a bar later. You you gotta consummate. Yeah. Farrell, you in with me on that? Uh, on the wedding day, aren't you not supposed to? Oh, afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, it's yeah. A, you're supposed to consummate. No, then. you're not going to do that on the. But do you consummate? Then you're supposed to like not see anybody for a long time, right? You're not supposed to go see your friends. After yeah, you that. go. You go right. I went you're right, right out to the bar. Yeah. Feral. True or false? You are not a virgin. I am not a virgin. Not a virgin. So Feral knows. Feral knows. Mm-hmm. All right. Second question, Mike. You're running out of time. You, this is your last chance to get the 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 room full of masculinity to explain it all to you. Should I move back to Brooklyn? Yes. Not gonna, <laughs> what kind of question is that? Do we have three yeses on that, guys? Uh, Farrell? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just watched San Andreas. Move back to Brooklyn. There you go. That's a bad earthquake. Third, yeah. third and last question. This is your last chance. Um, how's Marty Markowitz doing these days? These are, this is the worst questions. I'm asking you about, <laughs> we're trying to help you. I'm trying to give you advice. Mike. Advice. I mean, look, okay. we've been there. You've been there. We yeah. want you to get married. I believe in marriage. Hey, Jimmy, you know I got divorced, but I believe in the institution of marriage. Loves the institution. So ask how, me. How does life change after marriage? Well, this is a good question. You go. Vince, you go first. Well, no, you go first because I went first last time. Okay, so your life does change. It's funny. You actually bond closer a little bit because in your mind, it's like you're locked in. You really are locked in. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, and it's tr- it's tough. And if you're out there listening, ex-wife, uh, you should know you have kids that put stresses on things, just go in with your eyes open. If you want kids, great. If you don't, don't have them too soon. Don't have them too late. But prepare. People, yeah. well, the one thing I found, people change. You're going to change. She's going to change. You may change at the same rate, which is perfect. You may change at a different rate. And that might mean a move to Splitsville. Am I right, Farrell? Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Okay, Vinny, what do you think? People change. I don't know this guy. I disagree. I don't know this guy or this lady. I don't think people change. I think people are consistent. You don't think people change. And I don't think. And I don't think if you go into a marriage thinking that you could change someone. No, no, I don't want him to change anybody. I'm just saying. Farrell's got a cold over there, by the way. Yeah, no, it's a a tough day. I just want to explain what I meant, just so there's no misunderstanding. Yeah. What I meant is that people change over time in positive ways, mostly positive ways. They grow. Farrell, people grow. You grew as an artist. Physically, they change. Probably not mentally, though. No, not mentally, but. Farrell, did you grow as an artist over uh, time? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You always gotta grow. You always gotta grow. Or else always you gotta, gotta change. Or else you, you gotta, gotta keep change. Or you die. Yeah, you got. Or else you got miserable gotta death. death. Yes. So the point I'm making is, people change. You can't manage change. You 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 just have to see it coming and say, you know what, honey, I embrace whatever honey you are, whatever you you are, whatever whatever Mike you are, Mike. I embrace you, Mike. But well, we've always embraced Mike. So what do you think, Mike? Is that is that something to keep your eyes open? I'm going to keep my eyes open on change for sure. I don't want to get caught off guard by it. 
I can't believe Vince is like, nope, people don't change. No, no Vinny, people change. No. Nope. You ever see uh, Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood? Well, he didn't change. Nope. But that guy was like a cold-blooded killer. I got a heart all about. and I got a soul. All right, we got one minute. Farrell Foster, last words. Your headline of the Brooklyn Folk Festival, April 8th through 10th mm-hmm. at St. Anne's Church in Brooklyn Heights. Last words. You want to just play us out with something? Uh, oh, um, well, Quick, we got to thank you for being well, here. Well, yes, it's just, yeah, uh, Jalopy Theater and uh, Eli Smith uh, put together the Brooklyn Folk Festival happening at St. Anne's Church, April 8th through 10th. There's going to be square dances, swing dances, a harmonica contest, a, a banjo toss. Let, last question for Mike McLaughlin. How dressy is the wedding? Because my girlfriend needs to know. How dressy is it? Uh, it is festive attire. Festive so, attire. Yep. All right, we got to get out. Feral Foster, play us out. And we're going to thank our, our advertisers at La Steakhouse, Joseph Lecter, of course, the doctor of uh, dentistry, and of course, Brooklyn Spine Center. I'm Gersh Kutzman of the New York Daily News. We got Feral Foster. Play-